You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. It is, of course, presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on video with the DraftKings Network, Samsung TV. You can see the helmets and game balls and stuff behind me. A lot of people check us out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, which is awesome. Or you just see the social media clips that are posted to at Ross Tucker pod. I often retweet them at Ross Tucker NFL. I've got a bunch of different shows. Today is one of my favorite. First of all, because I love the fantasy feast. Secondly, because we've got our old and longtime co-host, the great Evan Silva, joining forces for this episode with our current co-host, the terrific Joe Dolan from FantasyPoints.com. So check out Joe at FG underscore Dolan. Evan, of course, is at Evan Silva, and he's killing it over at Establish the Run. I think we had Establish the Run guys on three straight weeks in the lead-up to the NFL draft, talking about some of the NFL draft prop bets. We are going to get into... Some of the guys that Evan is higher on and lower on than their current ADP. But what prompted the appearance was Evan going to the Taylor Swift concert and calling me out on social in a good way for the experience. Evan, I'm guessing you weren't much of a Taylor Swift guy before this. Is that fair? Um. I would say that your advocacy of Taylor Swift kind of and, and relentless advocacy opened my mind to the possibility that just going to the concert would, would, would change my mind. Well, I wouldn't say my mind needed to be changed because I just didn't really listen to Taylor Swift. I'm like a rap guy. I listen to Creedence Clearwater revival when I'm driving around in my car, you know, <laughs> but I know, but I mean, my daughter, who, you know, she matters more than me. She's 10 years old. She loves Taylor Swift. And so um, I was open to it. And I, I saw that Taylor Swift was coming to Chicago Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The ticket prices were insane. I, I, I sent you some, uh, Ross, that I, that I was able to find on, on StubHub. And it was like an unbelievable amount of money. And I was like, just this is never going to happen. But it came together that I was able to get floor seats 15 rows from the stage for free. It's, it's a long story. I, I'm not going to tell it, but it was, it, it was a miracle. And I was able to, uh, to bring my daughter and we had like the time of our lives. So it's funny, Joe, I don't know how you feel about this. Okay. I am at this stage of my life and maybe I've always been this way as it relates to concerts. All I really want is to know as many of the songs as possible yes. So I can sing along to them. Like, that's what I'm into, right? Like, I I went to Ed Sheeran this past Saturday, which is another long story. But, and I knew like three quarters of his songs and like them. What I have discovered is that if I've never heard the song before and don't know any of the words, 
it provides little to no value for my enjoyment. Like <laughs> that's when I should go to the bathroom or go get a beer, Joe. Um, I was at a concert this past weekend where I knew all the songs. So, um, I, I look, I, I, Ed Sheeran, you could beat me over the head with one of his songs and I wouldn't know it. Um, Taylor Same. Swift, Taylor Swift is, uh, relatively, relatively ubiquitous. Um, I, I've, I've listened to her albums in passing, but it's hard to, I would know a good bit of the Taylor Swift songs. Um, but I'm like you, Ross. Like I like to know the music when I when I go to a show. But I also really like going to like smaller venues. And oftentimes, the opening act at a show like that, I just won't know the music. And sometimes their sound will click with me. Other times, it won't. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, the, the, you know the other the other advantage of knowing all the songs, though, Ross, is knowing how long the song is. And if you know that that's one of the songs you don't necessarily love, then then you know it's a good bathroom break song. Because oh yeah, and the, uh, and the other thing is, Evan, I, I I would love to know your ratio of watching Taylor Swift versus watching your daughter, because <laughs> I definitely just was looking at my daughters mm-hmm. more than fifty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. It was their first concert. And seeing their eyes mm-hmm. light up at all the different everything going on. And then they know like all the words to every song. And they like, they're 11 and 9 now. So like they like dance and like they sing it with feeling like we are never, ever, ever. Like it's just <laughs> unbelievable. It's so cool. Well, it's funny that you that you guys were, were saying it because in the lead up when it became – clear that like I was going to have a chance to actually go to this thing I mean I spent the entire morning and the entire day listening to Taylor Swift and getting you know familiar familiarizing myself with her songs I knew probably like nine of them you know but I I mean it's not like I had listened to them a lot and so we just spent the entire morning and, and and early afternoon listening to them and 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 familiarizing and so so that I could be familiar with them Blair had already known a good amount. See, you're you're a little different though, Ross. I mean, isn't Taylor Swift like from your hometown or something like that? She is, yes. Yeah. So you you have a little bit of that of that bias um in a positive manner. Um my 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 daughter probably doesn't know as much Taylor Swift as you. Uh but absolutely, I mean, as I was I was trying to video like every song, my 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 battery started to run out uh at at one point because the lady does 45 songs. I mean, she goes for three hours and a half. And I mean, she's she's an absolute workhorse. And this was night three. So she had already done that on Friday and Saturday. This was Sunday. I mean, she's a machine, man. And Just I mean, so she you know, she trains. She trains by doing the whole show on the treadmill. <laughs> I mean, so that when she actually does the concert, it's yeah. it's easier. You know what else makes yeah. the concert easier? Drinking Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and family. Living life to the power of we while you're at the concert. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Awesome. Uh, so glad that you had a great time, Evan. I actually sent your tweet to uh, to Taylor's dad. Uh, just, uh, just so that he would know that uh, that I'm I'm preaching the gospel and that the, and that one of the best fantasy analysts in the world is now uh, <laughs> is now a convert. 
But, but let's see if you still are one of the best fantasy guys. Yeah. Give me some guys. Joe and I are really into best ball. DraftKings is really into best ball. And I just kind of want to hear you tell us some of the guys that you think are really undervalued, overvalued based on their current ADP and hear whether or not Joe agrees. Well, it has been Alexander Madison for some time at this point because I think it's been clear really for weeks that Dalvin Cook is not going to be a member of the 2023 Vikings. And I think that that extends to Ty Chandler, who you can get in the last round of pretty much every draft. And I think that he's going to be the clear number two running back for the Minnesota Vikings this season. This is a guy who ran 4-3-6 coming out of college. He's kind of oddly built for a running back, 5'11", 204, almost built more like a wide receiver. Um, but, But that speed... I think that he's going to be an exciting change of pace back. And I think he's going to be the clear number two for the Vikings. His 10-yard split was like one four six. Um, wow. He's got a lot of explosiveness. I thought that he showed some excitement. Uh, I thought that it, it was exciting watching him last preseason. Um, and, and he's a guy who can get in the 18th round. But Alexander Madison is a guy who I've been drafting in the sixth, seventh round every single time. Uh, and I think that once Dalvin Cook moves on, Alexander Madison going to be like a fourth round pick. Well, this is Joe, one of those examples of us just being ahead of the people that don't pay attention as much in the off season, right? Yeah, and but so he, the thing is, though, the people playing best ball, especially on certain um, sites and certain apps, are really plugged in at this point. I'm actually surprised Madison hasn't risen more than he already has. Yeah. Um, it, the, he and Cook are now kind of going back to back on a lot of places. And I, I mean, I think you can look at Alexander Madison's numbers when Dalvin Cook has missed over the last few years. The guy was a weak winner. I mean, he was one of those guys who, if you're playing DFS that given week, we call them a free square. You plug them in, it fade at your own risk because it's going to give you um, massive salary to spend at, elsewhere. And he usually came through. So we know what, what what kind of offense Minnesota likes to run. Ross, what do we call the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, narrow. They're Very narrow. narrow. Fa- they're a narrow fantasy team. Mm-hmm. They they're not a team. They're not the, Stefanski. Dating back to Mike Zimmer, Stefanski, they don't th- they don't draw up plays for the scrubs on their roster. They put the ball in the hands of the players who matter. Alexander Madison looks like he's going to matter. Um, if Alexander Madison gets hurt. It's probably going to be Ty Chandler, as Evan alluded to. And if you're drafting somebody like Ty Chandler, 18th, 19th, 20th round of a best ball draft, all he needs is one week to pop in your lineup, and that investment is paid off. And if and if it comes to more than that, then you've then you've acquired a league winner for basically nothing. I'm surprised Madison hasn't risen more than he already has. Um, he's I wouldn't be shocked if by the end of the summer he's going in the top 15 running backs. Mm-hmm. The thing about Chandler is he's also going to be a play away from like being a league winner. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like one play away. Evan, what about Dalvin Cook right now? Yeah, I mean, he's just a guy that because there's so much uncertainty, we don't know where he's going to be playing in 2023. And so he's a guy that I haven't been willing to draft really. I mean, he just always goes multiple rounds ahead of where I would be willing to take him. Um, j- just too much uncertainty for me right now. Joe, uh, I think I'm I'm not not to just like uh, 
join hands with Evan and jump up and down here, but I'm I'm with them. Like Cook and Cook and Madison are often available at the same time, and I'm just taking Madison ten times out of ten there. That there is there's obviously a chance Dalvin Cook lands somewhere. You know, Miami has a lot of depth at running back, but Miami yeah. would fit his skill perfectly. Um, but it, it is there's too much uncertainty right now for me to really uh, be happy with Dalvin Cook. So the one thing I want to point out here. The guy has over 1,100 yards the last four years rushing, mm-hmm. uh, whatever he has, total yards. And I think, how many years was he doing it with a torn labrum in his shoulder that he finally he finally had operate on? Like, there's a chance Dalvin Cook's better. I mean, that shoulder's yeah. got to feel way better he's been now that he got shoulder. it fixed. He's been having shoulder problems since college, though. You know, I mean, I don't know. Is it fixed now? Like... Right. Yeah, that's know. a fair I mean, point, Evan. Yeah. Fair our point. Evan, our uh, our uh, Edwin Porras at Fantasy Points is, is like shoulders are just one of those things that just don't go away. Mm. They just don't like. And and I'm and, and he had the operation. I wonder what Minnesota knows, but I mean, Dalvin Cook's been one of the highest end fantasy running backs for basically his entire career. I, I do think there is there is absolutely a pathway where he look, goes somewhere and he's once again putting up. 13, 1400 yards from scrimmage. It's just hard to find that spot right now. Even a place like Miami, you know, they brought back Mostert. Jeff Wilson's still there. They drafted Devin A. Chain. So, wh- how, where will he get this, this theoretical role where he's getting 250 touches? It, it's hard to find. The best place to find it, for, in my mind, would be DraftKings Sportsbook app because their official sports betting partner, the NBA, and new customers can place a $5 bet during the NBA Finals, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. By the way, all customers, so those of you that already signed up, they got these stepped-up same-game parlays now. Combine three or more of your bets from any NBA Finals game and boost your NBA winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, sign up with code ROSS, new customers can place that $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. Give me another one, Evan. Another player that I am – how about if I give you a player I am I'm, – I'm looking at I'm looking at my top 150 right now. Uh, Austin Eckler belongs higher than he has been going. He should be the RB2 overall. There was some uncertainty about where he might play because he had requested a trade theoretically – but I think the Chargers and, and him figured it out, giving him that extra $2 million in incentives. Um, he should be the number two overall running back behind Christian McCaffrey, and he has he's only at number four right now. Um, I'm looking at my top 150. Uh, Brees Hall is a player that I am lower on than consensus, and that's because he is recovering from a serious knee injury, and the Jets – made flirtations with other running backs. They wound up taking the running back out of pit. Uh, that's who they kind of settled for, but they they made a run at Jamal Williams in free agency, and they were heavily connected to Jameer Gibbs in the draft. To me, that sends up a little bit of a red flag. I know most of the reports have been positive about Brees Hall's recovery, but I think that he, they may start him off slow. Um, and, I mean, for how early he's going, RB10, number 15 player overall. Wow. Yeah, that's a little too aggressive for me. Yeah. Yeah, no chance. Plus, I think they're going to throw it more. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, 
Thoughts on uh, Eckler and Brees Hall? No, Eckler is Eckler's in a weird spot because on certain websites, um, you almost are drafting from behind the eight ball if you draft a running back early, quite frankly. And I think that's been kind of pushing Eckler down the board a little bit. Uh, I think a lot of folks, and, and I'm one of them, uh, is, I'm firmly of the belief that B. John Robinson could finish as the overall RB1 this year. Um, and people are just kind of excited by, ooh, shiny new toy. But I agree with Evan. Like, Austin Eckler has been a, he's been a fantasy anchor for years. Um, and, I mean, not by weighing down your team, but holding it up. Um, and the Chargers, I think, are going to be better on offense this year. The question I have is, does does the stylistic change that we, that we discussed um, that we discussed last week, Ross, that the stylistic change with Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore with Dak Prescott at quarterback, mm consistently posting higher a dot um than justin herbert's had in his career even though justin herbert has one of the biggest arms in the nfl does that affect austin eckler's production in the passing game i'm not terribly sure that's going to be the case but i i think eckler is is a locked in first rounder top half of the first rounder if you're really into drafting running backs and now when it comes to Brees hall i haven't been like out on Brees hall but Ross, we've discussed this offseason how last year in best ball, a lot of the boring running backs ended up being some of the best picks. You know, Miles Sanders was a great pick. Jamal Williams was a phenomenal pick. And one guy who we've discussed who I consider extremely boring this year, but has led the NFL in touches over the last two seasons, there's been offensive line improvements. Brees Hall is more exciting than Najee Harris but Najee Harris in Pittsburgh we know Mike Tomlin likes his likes his bell cow running backs look at Najee Harris's first half of last season when he was dealing with a Liz Frank sprain vis-a-vis the second half of last season I believe he was RB 30 in the first half of last season he was RB 8 over the second half and he is just kind of buried in ADP because nobody wants to draft him Najee uh Priest Hall's coming off an ACL I think I prefer Najee Harris straight up in in that equation, and he's getting drafted after him in a lot of spots. Hmm. Interesting. What else you got, Evan? I got, um, you know, Deshaun Watson. I, I'm super high on Deshaun Watson this year, and I and I'm with you that I think that they could get DeAndre Hopkins. I know you've tweeted about that multiple times, Ross. Amari Cooper, David Njoku. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, Harrison Bryant. You know, I I like the way that their offensive line is coming together. Um, I think that Deshaun Deshaun Watson could have a huge year. You know, he didn't really play well in his six starts last season, but he did play well in the final two starts. And I think with a full offseason under his belt, he's not the easiest guy to root for, okay? But I think he's going to have a big season in fantasy. I think the Browns are going to be really good. You know, I I don't think that the MVP voters would vote for him, um, but I but I think that he could have a, an MVP kind of caliber season in his first full season with the Browns. A C- couple thoughts on that, real quick. Number one, he was like a top five quarterback the last full right. season he played in twenty twenty. That's a couple years ago now. Twenty twenty one, he sits out. Last year, he suspended. It's hard to think he dropped off that much. He's still a young man. 
And as I wrote about this week for the 33rd team, Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry have to win this year. They have back-to-back losing seasons after they had a, they won a playoff game. The owner traded a boatload of picks and money, and it was the owner's decision to get Deshaun Watson. They have to make it work, and they have to make it work this year. Otherwise, Haslam will get somebody in there that will, which is why I think they are the most likely landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins because I think Andrew Barry is going to realize it's it's not my money. Like I, you know, I I'm not even here next year if I don't get Hopkins. Because I know Peoples Jones had a pretty good year, but Elijah Moore, I don't know, Joe. I feel like Elijah Moore is still kind of an unknown. I mean, Peoples Jones did some good things last year. I don't know that he's like a known commodity. Man, I'm still taking. I still have more faith in Hopkins than those two guys. I do too. Um, I've been actually drafting a ton of David Njoku um, as, as my number one tight end, or even I've even had David Njoku on a team where like I took Travis Kelsey and I took Njoku as my number two tight end because I find him very affordable. And I actually think outside of Amari Cooper, he's by far the most trustworthy option on this roster. You know, I think Elijah Moore just had a really weird season last year. The Jets come out and Zach Wilson was in over his head. Elijah Moore ended up basically in the coach's doghouse and he never never found his way out of it so i and he's he's also really affordable right now so i i'm fine with elijah moore i don't i don't blame the browns for looking at deandre hopkins but if deandre hopkins lands there i think people are going to start drafting watson more and Mm -hmm. look i evan alluded to it deshaun watson is not an easy guy to root for you know, some of us like to think, you know, we're in this and, oh, I'm, I want to play fantasy football to have fun. And I think there are folks playing fantasy football who are like, I'm just not going to draft Deshaun Watson. And that is your prerogative. I mean, if you don't want to root for Deshaun Watson, you don't have to draft him. But that might also be, if we're being super cynical here, suppressing his ADP. I don't know how much you buy into mini camp reports, Ross. I don't know. You play, you, you did mini camps. I don't know how much you can glean from them. But multiple Browns beat writers yesterday discussing Daryl Reuter, Nathan Zagura, Hayden Grove, all said Deshaun Watson had the best quarterback performance they've ever seen from a Browns quarterback in minicamp. Take, wow. that, take that for what it's worth, but that's multiple people saying it. Deshaun Watson was very clearly rusty last year. He did not play well, play well for the majority of his season. He obviously... Um, is not a is not the most fun guy to have on your fantasy roster given the mounds of allegations against him but all this stuff is adding up to if you want to be cynical a potential value in fantasy football Evan last thing we got for you I got about a minute here um it's interesting back in the day like it felt like the first five picks would all be running backs at least mm-hmm. nope and, and that has changed now can you just kind of explain that? Well, I think that more people are playing points per reception. So more people are playing PPR. Um, I would say that the injury rate at running back is just so high. You know, we're talking about Christian McCaffrey right now. If you had to take a running back at at 1.01, it would be him. But he has a lengthy injury history. Um I think that it, it's probably comes down to those two factors. I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that, Joe? 
Um, I, I think the injury history, um, I also think that um, in best ball sites and a lot of best ball drafts, um, people are just reacting to the room. If you're drafting running backs early right now, wide, the best ball drafts are wide receiver drunk, okay? Yeah. And I think like part of that is because of what Evan said, lengthy injury history. There's these wide receivers like Chase and Jefferson who are almost a lock to get 170 targets a year. But then also people are just realizing running backs are getting pushed down the board. So, okay, then I'm just going to take my running backs later. There's some really good ones. Somebody with Najee Harris's profile, just to get back to Najee Harris, someone with his profile even three years ago is not making it out of the second round. You can get him in the fourth round in best ball drafts right now. It's just a changing of how people are valuing the wide receiver position and how they're valuing the running back position and how they're using risk assessment. So it's just a changing uh, of the C's, Ross. And, and and in best ball, you need at least six wide receivers, right? Probably seven, and more often than not, eight. Um, and and there's a certain point in the draft where the wide receivers just fall off a cliff, and you don't want to. It's not don't, fun. You you don't want that cliff drop to happen, and you've only got three wide receivers. Like you need freaking five when the cliff drop cliff drop happens. And so, yeah, I, I think that that's contributing to it as well. Check him out on social media at Evan Silva. He's at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.